Welcome to the other party, got that vibe Well, you know we getting lit and come alive And you know we got that light so we gon' shine And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah Hey, it's Chris, and welcome to the After Party. This is a funny episode, not because of the content, but because of how it's being recorded. So due to circumstances, uh, you guys know I'm in the middle of a move, and I decided I'm going to go set up out in the car. And so it's going to be nice and quiet out there, (laughs) and it is, actually. It's actually pretty nice. I'm in the backseat of my car, out in the driveway, and I took my mic, and I mounted it in the headrest of the car seat in front of me. And actually, I think it's working out pretty good. I might do this indefinitely until I move into my actual new place. Uh, I got my Zoom recorder out here, and that's plugged in. And uh, I got my iPhone here for my notes, so I can talk about stuff. It's really not that bad. But it does look hilarious. If somebody walked by and saw me, um, it probably would look pretty funny. So try to picture it if you want to. But uh, I will say this is probably going to be one of the last audio-only podcasts. Now, the podcast isn't going to end or anything. What I'm saying is hopefully my new set of cameras is going to be here. It was supposed to be here yesterday. And in, instead, all that showed up was a boring old stand with nothing to put on it. And so uh, I was kind of upset with B&H. I, I like to order from B&H. B&H is usually pretty good. But the thing is, this this was really frustrating. Let me tell you about it. So I ordered these three new cameras, you know, some accessories, whatever, because um, I'm kind of redoing my setup. And, and partly, I'm going to use that partly also for the podcast, but I'm sitting there. I'm ordering. I forget what day it was. And from from one page to the next the shipping slipped today which was killing me i've been i've been you know waiting to pull the trigger on this you know deciding on what's the right setup and and didn't want to regret anything and it just so happened that i finally was ready to pull the trigger it's like i don't know five at five p.m at night or something and i go to make this order and from you know the payment details to the shipping details page the shipping changed one day (laughs) it was supposed to be here on wednesday this week and then it slipped till thursday and then uh, the stand showed up on Thursday, and the rest of the items aren't coming until Saturday now. Ah, so that's frustrating. But anyways, you guys have had that happen. I hate it when that kind of stuff happens. But anyways, um, yeah, I do plan on you know getting back into the visual podcast game here one of these days. Kind of experimented with it um, early on, and here we are, like twenty seven episodes in. And I'm kind of ready to get back into it. But I'm just kind of you know learning how to do the whole podcast thing. And honestly, I'm liking it. it's going well get good feedback from people, and I enjoy interacting with you guys in a different way. And to be able to talk about some stuff that, you know, doesn't really fit on the channel necessarily, although I am kind of thinking, let me give you guys a heads up. I'm going to walk you through my process. I'm kind of thinking of uploading the full podcast to the regular Daily Tech channel when it's in video form. Now, everyone's doing it differently. And by the way, everyone is starting to get into podcast stuff, right? (laughs) I will say, I had mine out before MKBHD, which I'm proud of, even though he rocketed past me. Uh, you know, so I saw it's not like I was the last. There's several people um, who are just getting into it. Justin is getting into it. Oh, Lou, obviously, he's a big one who's been doing it. Lou later. Uh, Linus, he's been doing it since forever, I think. And it's not just tech people. You know, like Rhett and Link have had a, a podcast that's been going for a very long time. Um, but it's just kind of the thing. You know, Joe Rogan sort of came out with a format that everyone kind of liked where it was you know a long podcast and you can clip it up. Obviously, H3 um, is another example. 
but in the tech space, I feel like everyone's really starting to get into it. And it is something that interests me because I like to, you know, cover a broad uh, array of things and it'll give me a place to talk about more than just, you know, uh, one very little narrow topic. And so I am thinking about putting the long uh, version of the show, the video version, with multiple angles. Hopefully it'll be a lot more interesting than just a static shot of somebody talking uh, on the main channel. And then, you know, people can watch it or not if they want to. And it'll be like 45 minutes or an hour long. And then the clips of the individual segments, those can go live on the Clips channel that we started that has a lot of subscribers. You may be subscribed already. I'm thinking about doing that. Um, and then, you know, the other way to do it is just like uh, you could create, and I did kind of start down this path, just a separate channel for the long, you know, form content and a separate Clips channel and whatever. I don't know. I don't want a million channels out there. And I do want to connect with as many people as of, of the regular audience as possible already. So I, that's what kind of what I'm thinking. I'm, I might try it out, see how it goes. Um, but I kind of like that idea. And I think Linus does that. And I kind of like that. And it doesn't seem to have interfered with his regular video uploads either. Um, I think I only got one video done this week because, wow, it's just been busy, you know, trying to plan and do all this stuff. Uh, with the move again, it keeps getting in the way. Uh, I'm excited about it, but I I feel like it's really slowing me down. Um, but the video that I did get out, it was the iPhone SE follow-up review because it's been about two months. And it's weird. That one always does so good in the search results. People are really interested in that phone, but my regular audience doesn't seem to take to those videos about the iPhone SE right off the bat. But then, you know, within the first 24 hours, the search results just you know, pick up like crazy. And uh, so we'll see, you know, uh, how that one does. I will say it's weird filming in the basement uh, where I'm saying I, I'm able to get some like fairly good looking cinematic shots. And I saw the visuals here and I was kind of like, wow, that looks pretty good, actually. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen the videos, but I got like my desk and there's a bunch of plants everywhere, kind of arranged it in front of a window so that I got this backlight coming in, and um, it just makes for some interesting shots. There's there's more depth here than there was when I was just shooting a lot in, at my old setup, and so, yeah, you end up with getting some nice blurry backgrounds and whatever, and um, and it's cool, and I do like that, and I am making the shift to, you know, use different uh, camera angles. I want to be more prolific. That's what I told you guys uh, before. I want to be able to just pump out a lot of really great content. Not bad content. Like the same old Chris, um, you know, researched, thoughtful, honest, authentic content. But just hopefully more of it. And that's what this camera setup is going to let me do. And so, and I'm trying to work it out where I can get some cool, you know, cinematic shots in still. Um, but... I think we're going to be shifting from just the cinematic to capturing from multiple angles um, so that I get a really good illustration of what I'm talking about, but I can shoot in more of a real-time format, meaning I can just save a lot of time if I can illustrate what I'm talking about while I'm talking instead of having to sit down, sit in front of the camera, talk about something, and then go you know, spend another hour or two filming the B-roll and like hopefully I got all the shots that I need to illustrate, you know, just I'll save a lot of time doing it all at once, which means maybe I can create more content. So the content quality shouldn't suffer. Uh, it's just that I should be able to get more done. So it's a major investment. Yeah. Um, to, to head this direction. It's kind of, you know, different. It's committing to something that I haven't really tried before. 
Um, I have been doing some multi-cam stuff, but it's really just been like set up my main camera and set up an iPhone uh, or something or a couple iPhones, and and that's nice, but then you don't have the interchangeable lenses. And, you know, you could do it, but I just want to do it, you know, for real. Um, And so that's what I'm moving towards in the new house. um, I do have a room that's going to be dedicated to filming in this kind of a a style. And I don't want to give anything away. Uh, It's going to have a very unique and different look to it, which I'm excited about. And it's cool to be able to actually have it built that way, the way that I want it. And I can't wait to show you guys. Um, And then I'm also excited that I'm getting some insulation put in all around this room. You know, so to to grow, to, to make more and better content. But, you know, so really we're talking more long-term over the next three to five years, probably. Um, not immediately will I just go on a hiring spree or something. But, uh, yeah, but things are changing, and it's all changing for the better. And I feel like, you know, I don't know. We're really starting to hit our groove, I think. And I'm excited. I'm excited. Hopefully you guys are too. All right, there's too much to talk about to just sit here and just – talk about random YouTube stuff. So let's get into the Apple news right off the bat. Apple and tech stuff. Here we go. First of all, let's talk about Apple and the Hey app. I I did feature this on applehype.com. Hey, it's from Jason Freed. Freed? Fried? I never know. Like his books a lot. Um, And they're the guys behind Basecamp. Um, Him and his business partner, who I believe, Heinemar Hansen, he's the guy that invented Ruby on Rails, right? Um, they're, they're a dynamic duo, and they came out with this new email app. I've been wondering what it's going to be like, and it's called Hey, and everyone's been talking about it, wanting it, loving it, liking it. And I thought about signing up myself, and actually I appreciate Jason writing back to me personally when I kind of did support. I was like, hey, you know, can I use my custom Gmail, you know, uh, email address, you know, for our business domain? Because that's something I want with my email. And number two, can I have multiple inboxes? And using he's like, you know, both of those things are probably coming later. We don't have that right here at launch. So I appreciate him getting back to me personally uh, because the service looks really cool. Like when somebody emails you for the first time, uh, you say yes or no to even let them in your inbox. Uh, And then the way that it parses your mail is really interesting. And it's a it looks like a really unique, thoughtful service. But um, there was a big controversy this week uh, where Apple rejected the Hey app from the app store and so i guess you can only use it what i don't know can you even use it just in your browser i don't even know or maybe this really (laughs) kills it like dead in the water i don't know or just limits it to android right now but i like to keep my stuff more focused on the consumer side of things so i'm not going to get into app store policies and all the business side because i don't know there's plenty of people analyzing that i just want to say from like from my perspective as a consumer and therefore your guys' perspective too (sighs) I, I don't know about all Apple's policies and whatever. I do know, though, that I wish for this app to be in the App Store. That's all I know. So for Apple to, um, you know, say it can't come in, it's disappointing for whatever reason. Whether it's a good reason, a bad reason, I don't want to get into the reasons. I But from a consumer standpoint, it's disappointing, though, because this app seems really cool, and I've been looking forward to it for a really long time. And if they can add those two features that I want, I would switch over right now, even though you got to pay a little bit to do so. And, you know, email's an ongoing struggle. I tell you guys all the time, I really miss Astro, which got bought and shut down. And that was like the 10th app that I loved that got bought and shot, shut down. Lately, I think I'm back to Newton, if I'm not mistaken. And it's it's okay. Outlook is okay. Everything's okay. But hey is better than okay. That rhymes, eh? 
So, ah, you know, like, I, I don't know. That's kind of weird. I know apps are changing. The landscape is changing anyways. Google, I think, is already working on ways to sort of do away with apps and not just like in terms of not having to pick one and install it um, because they already have the preview thing, right, where you don't even have to download an app. You can just use it. That's interesting. But even beyond that, I think the phone landscape in the next several years is morphing to the point where it's like, um, let's say you come home and instead of having a smart, you know, an app for like your smart lights, for your temperature, for your smart sprinklers, you know, your garage, um, you know, all the different smart home apps collectively, your phone, an area of your phone, it just changes contextually based on your location and where it knows you are to present you with whatever options that you need. That's starting to happen already on the Android side of things. And, you know, Siri has proven that it can do some contextually aware stuff. Um, and so I don't even know, like the future of apps is sort of nebulous anyways, I think, over the next half decade or uh, and decade for sure. And there could be a whole paradigm shift where, you know, it was a big deal a while ago. It was like, there's an app for that. And I don't know. I don't know what the future looks like with that. But I do know that here in the present, I would like to use Hey, and I don't know. It's just a little bit disappointing that I can't. Now, Apple, I do, I'll, I'll dive into the weeds just a little bit, even though I said I wasn't going to. They were like, well, uh, Phil Schiller, who blocked me on Twitter, by the way. I don't know why I'm blocked by Phil Schiller. He's an Apple executive. If you didn't know, I've never talked to him. I've never tried to talk to him. It's a huge mystery to me. Why? I can't, I can't even see what he's tweeted uh, because he's blocked me. I don't know why. It's bizarre to me. Someday I hope to find out the mystery of why I'm blocked by Phil Schiller. I mean, I'm an Apple fan. As far as I know, I'm a Phil Schiller fan, you know? <laughs> like, what? Uh, if somebody that works at Apple and knows Phil is listening to this podcast, can you go ask Phil why I'm blocked on Twitter and what I did? Because I want to follow Phil. I like Phil, and I'd like to see Phil's tweets. <laughs> um, but anyways, Phil was saying, you know, there's plenty that uh, Hay can do to come into compliance with the policies that they have. And so, so anyways, it's kind of a standoff. I think, and, and really the, the community of people, the, the developer community from what I've seen, has been very vocal about, uh, you know, um, it seems like a lot of the people that I have been absorbing information from about this subject are upset with Apple, it seems like, um, on the developer side of things. But I'm just saying, from a consumer standpoint, whoever needs to do something to change, whether it's hey or whether it's Apple, I do like this app and I want to see it come to my phone. So I guess I'll just leave it at that. Here's a, a little interesting tidbit of news that I guess is not necessarily directly Apple related, but I was like, what? When I read this, it says that the FDA just approved the first prescription video game for kids with ADHD. Whoa. Whoa. A uh, prescription video game. That is something that I've never really considered or thought of that would ever be like a real thing someday. It's like, you have a problem? Let me prescribe uh, this video game. I think you should fix whatever you've got. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> like, who doesn't want to have a sickness or, uh, or a condition or something where a video game couldn't be prescribed to help fix that? That'd be great. I'm playing video games enough right now, you know. Might as well be medical. Uh, so actually, it, it The Verge has an article about this, and they're saying it doesn't look like much of a video game. But it's the, let's see, it's called 
Akali, Akali, Akili Interactive's Endeavor RX. Ha! RX, uh, which was formerly Project Evo, but it can legally be marketed and prescribed as medicine in the U.S. So um, they did a study, and they said one in five kids that were treated treated with a video game, this video game, um, showed positive results. Oh, no, sorry, it's not even one in five. It's one-third of the kids treated. It says, quote, no longer had a measurable attention deficit on at least one measure of objective attention. So the game, apparently, it's, it's you dodge obstacles um, and is like target collecting, and you're supposed to play it for 25 minutes a day, five days a week, for four weeks. Hmm, my favorite mobile game right now is called Badland Brawl. I mention it in several videos, and people are always like, what was the game, what was the game? Uh, I guess I always forget to mention it down in the description, but uh, Badland Brawl. What could that be prescribed for? If anything, that probably creates ADHD in people. <laughs> I know for sure it takes my attention away from other stuff that I probably should be doing. And listen to this. There's actually uh, side effects listed for this medicinal video game. How interesting. You know, if you ever still catch real like TV uh Anyways, where I'm at, there's been some TV watching, and I hear these ads, and the uh, I can't think of one right now, but but the side effects are always like worse than the actual thing that it's supposed to be fixing, including like may cause death or something, you know, like. <laughs> uh, but the side effects here for this prescription video game are are yeah, it's it's much more mild. They're just being frustrated apparently and headache. Well, that's much better than may cause death or whatever <laughs> you see on the TV ads. Oh, apparently an important caveat is that this study was done by doctors who work for the game developer. So I don't know how much you can really trust that. And I don't really care. I'm, I'm just I'm fascinated that we live in a day and age where you could potentially prescribe a, a gameplay experience to fix something. That's wild. Hey, you know what? Sometimes, this is one thing, I, you guys probably know this, I've never really mentioned it, but I sometimes get really bad migraines, and I do have some prescription stuff uh, to take to help me with those, but what if you could play a video game to get rid of a migraine, for instance? Huh? Ooh, the future is looking bright. <laughs> like <laughs> like Apple Arcade, you know, uh, prescription edition. Apple's all into health stuff, you know what I mean? Apple Watch. Uh, track your heart rate, uh, got the breathing app, <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, prescription video games in Apple Arcade. Who knows what the future holds? Oh, it's interesting. The article does go on to talk about, you know, this isn't the first time technology's been used to treat stuff because apparently burn victims uh, can use virtual reality to ease their pain. That's a real thing. Wow, interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive that you just learned something new because that's something that I've never heard about either. Oh, let's talk real quick. I know this isn't Apple necessarily about the cell phone outage that happened this week. I don't know if you guys experienced that at all. I forget what day this was, but T-Mobile was doing some kind of upgrade to their network. And I happened to be on T-Mobile pre-T-Mobile and Sprint merger. But there was a day this week when T-Mobile just like shut down largely and the, you know, for making a call. I think people were saying the internet would work uh, or they or they could text or maybe they couldn't text or call. But either way, I'm sitting here trying to get some real estate transactions taken care of and done and things are on a deadline. 
and I can't get a hold of my real estate agent <laughs> to actually, you know, and, and I we were coming down to crunch time for something. Uh, and being on T-Mobile, you know, she couldn't get a hold of me. I was having trouble getting a hold of her. And eventually it did go through and just happened to be on that one day. But wow, uh, I, I just got a taste of like how vulnerable society is right now uh, because we're so reliant on all this technology. If the internet goes down or your, your cell network goes down, what are you going to do? The old ways don't work. I can't mail a letter in the time I need, you know, to another state with whatever, hey, how's it going? Let's have a correspondence. No, I need these instant answers. We've become living in a society where you have to know stuff and do stuff immediately. And so that was, uh, it wasn't really scary because I figured it would get fixed and I did get through eventually. But what it was was inconvenient. I guess on the one hand, it's amazing that we don't have more issues like this all the time. That's on the one hand. On the other hand, somebody should have been paying more attention, I think, to their job to make sure that this didn't happen. Um, you know, and it did it ended up taking up uh, out some other um, issues too cuz a lot of the infrastructure is all inter interlocking and interconnected. There's several like smaller networks that lease, you know, the towers and equipment uh, and then we, you know, whitelist it's whitelisted service and they rebrand it. Um, I don't know who all specifically here but um, smaller, you know, carries also went out because it was the same equipment and all because of this one inconveniently timed upgrade. And I already told you guys, I'm looking forward to finally getting gig internet, uh, when we move into the new place, that's, you know, of all the different upgrades that you can get in a new house, like that's one of the things, and it's not even, that has nothing to do with the new house. Uh, it just wasn't available in my old area. Partially though, when, when this T-Mobile thing hit, I almost was like, and I don't know. I find my mind going here to this place frequently. Uh, but my first thought was like, did we get attacked or something? Was this finally it? Someone's, you know, disrupting our network. Our policy did something. They're they're reacting. And, you know, that was my first reaction. And I, <laughs> I often do react like that when something goes wrong. It's like, oh, was that it? Was that the big hack? But it wasn't. Uh, it's funny because this is the these are the exact words that T-Mobile said to use to, ex- to explain this. Quote, we were making some changes to the network configurations today. Unfortunately, it went badly. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately so. How many businesses, uh, you know, I, I assume nobody got like a refund or something for, for the downtime or the inconveniences. And if it was inconvenient for me at that specific time, I can't imagine somebody, it, this is like, uh, you know when there's a bad traffic jam and it takes like 45 minutes to move like a mile? I always am like, man, right now somebody has to pee so bad and they can't get to the bathroom (laughs) or somebody's feeling sick or something, you know. It's like that with this phone thing. Somebody had something they had to do right at that time when that went down that was a lot worse than just, you know, needing to contact the real estate agent. And uh, I wonder what it was. Probably bad. There's some bad stuff. You know, and nobody got a, a refund. What what business do you know? If I'm doing something, you know, I'm charging for Apple Hype Premium, you know, if something goes wrong, you you don't just say like, sorry, you know, it went badly, <laughs> you know? It's funny because someone tweeted uh, to T-Mobile Help and they said, is there a service outage? I can't text or call, but I can use the internet to send this tweet, laugh out loud. That's the thing. If, if the internet ever does go down and we get hacked or something and it's like a major problem, that is the one thing that would really affect my business, our business, 
here. And so that is more top of mind. <laughs> That's probably why my mind goes there. You know, then like, you know, and this is, I'm not making light of anything. The pandemic, it's a terrible thing. And it's been really hard on so many people. And uh, again, my, my heart does go out to anybody that's affected in one way or another. It's such a terrible thing. Um, but our business has been not only okay, but it's it's grown during this first quarter here while this has been happening. But when if the internet were to go out, if the internet got sick, had a virus, then that would affect me a lot more. And But I often think if that happens, though, everyone's kind of in the same boat at that point because everything almost relies on the internet these days. Oh, here's something I want to mention for sure. Um, I got the press release the other day, and then I started seeing it in the news. Uh, Apple just updated the 16-inch MacBook Pro. What? Now, if you guys have been following along, the 16-inch MacBook Pro, that's my MacBook Pro. And let's see, what did I have before? I think I had the 15-inch... Uh, 2016 model and then just recently like a matter of months ago i got the 2016 sorry not the 2016 the the 16 inch always get that mixed up fully maxed out macbook pro to handle my video stuff i didn't want just an imac that was stationary Uh, i wanted something that could be mobile but that was as powerful as it could be and so i i wound up getting that and I remember I was talking to the business guy at the Apple store and just going through the configurations. Hey, should I get a eGPU? Is it even worth it? It didn't turn out not really for this configuration because the computer was already pretty much maxed out. And, and actually, they quit selling one of the Blackmagic eGPUs anyway since then because it got too dated, I think. But this was, you know, my computer and it was going to be heading into the future. And now I'm getting into more multi-cam, you know, stuff. And I need that extra horsepower, uh, you know, to process, you know, 4K streams in multiples. And I'll tell you what, even this beefy configuration that I have, if I drop in a 1080p file that's shot in, you know, like 120 frames per second, um, and then you add some color grading and some effects onto there, even this configuration, it takes some time to crunch through that. And that's 1080p. So if, if I'm doing 4K, you know, like as a video editor, I do require a lot of power if I don't want to be sitting there twiddling my thumbs forever while I'm making these videos. So lo and behold, Apple updates the 16 inch, which I just bought a few months ago, and the graphics are so much faster. And it just happens. I always, people are like, Chris, should I buy this? Should I buy that? Should I wait? And I can't respond to everybody. But my general advice is always get something when you need it uh, because you need it and you never know what's around the corner. And I did that myself. I got it when I needed it and I didn't know it was around the corner, but I figured I have more time though. I figured, you know, be like a year, standard year at least before I was like, oh, well, you know, shoot, it's not the cutting edge thing anymore, but it's working for me. You know, I didn't even have that. It was just a matter of months. But here's the kicker. It's not just like 20% faster or even like 15% faster. It's not just 50% faster. The graphics performance is 75% faster. Whoa. For a video person like me, that that's significant. That's a major thing. So, uh, and it's also getting more expensive. I will say that the fully spec'd out model is going to run you 6699 bucks. Uh, which, you know, compared to an actual Mac Pro, uh, that's kind of peanuts. But for a laptop, though, 
yeah, that that's that's expensive. And I didn't I don't know what I spent close to five. I think it was closer to five. So it's a, a significant uh, difference. And it looks like I think. Yeah, they give you some new storage options. So that's different too. Apple storage is always expensive. So the the graphics aren't the only thing here, but um, you can go up to eight terabytes of storage now, which is a lot. Um, and I will say, if you're thinking about getting this or any you know computer coming up, I did I did go uh, higher on the storage, the internal storage this time. And the reason I did is because if I'm traveling or I'm in a situation like I am now, where I'm needing to be more mobile, move, move my computer around, do some editing, and even if it's just like I'm going to sit on the couch for a minute, or I'm going to sit on the table, or I'm going to go, you know, on the bed for a second, or down on the desk, you never know. Then it's nice to not have to have uh, an external drive plugged in and drag that around with you everywhere. Because before I had a C drive, one of those orange drives that you see people have a lot, the rugged one, and you know, it was fine. But but it got to the point where like if you would, because it was kind of older, if you would even like shift around on a surface that, you know, if it wasn't on the desk, if it was somewhere else, you bumped it or something, then it could disconnect on accident or something. It was a pain. So to be able to, number one, not have to manage all of that, because it was a two terabyte external drive, and it would fill up pretty quickly with my video content. Um, I forget what I got here. I think I only got the four terabyte um, configuration. But I mean, yeah, I can just create library after library, not have to worry about, oh, I've used up all the storage. And it's just so much more nimble to be able to do that. I wish it was 75% faster on the graphics side, but uh, still, uh, just something to keep in mind. But dang, um, should we talk a little bit about that foldable iPhone rumor slash graphic that's been floating around? I think it's something kind of interesting to talk about, to note. So have you guys looked at, uh, and first of all, I should just say, let me start by saying this. I've seen the polls, poll after poll after poll on Twitter, just social media, it's informal, but people are like, hey, would you like to see a foldable iPhone or would you prefer a foldable iPhone over your current iPhone? And overwhelmingly, it's weird. The answers are like 75% of people would not want a folding iPhone. Um, At least that's what they say. And it could just be a a case of, you know, if you haven't tried it uh, or tried the right version of it, then maybe you don't like it or don't know. You know, the same old quote, if uh, Ford had asked people what they wanted, they would have told him a faster horse, right? But then he gave him a car. So who knows? Who knows? A lot of people say they don't like, you know, the folding phones in their current iterations. Uh, A lot of people say they really do like different versions of it. But either way, if you're a tech company, you got to be looking into it. You got to be exploring it because other people are doing it. Maybe there's something there. And oftentimes, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I like my smaller phone you know, my iPhone 11 Pro. And it's one thing I like about the iPhone SE. Talked about this in the, in the most recent video. When I'm mobile, I do like a smaller form factor, um, as powerful as I can get, but smaller because I'm mobile. Um, and then on my desk, yeah, I like to have a bigger, you know, configuration, bigger screen or whatever. Got the huge iPad Pro, giant ultra wide monitor on my desk because uh, I'm not mobile at that point. But so there's something interesting to me about the idea of having something that's very small and portable um, that can fold out, that can expand, that can become bigger, but that still remains compact, can go back to its compact form. There's something about that. This, this is interesting. I'm not saying that I, I crave it or that I want it or need to have it, but it's something that you know Apple should be exploring. There's no harm in that. Um, so uh, Alika recently said that Apple's version of a floating phone at the moment is really more of like a Microsoft Surface 
duo kind of a thing rather than you know the samsung or huawei approach where it's actually one display that folds in half uh this is more like two different phones that are very closely connected that kind of fold you know almost like a wallet or a book that opens up um and not necessarily just one panel uh no notch though uh this leaker says (laughs) which will make a lot of people happy it's funny it's so weird on the iPhone SE video I did this week, it's just top of mind, so that's that's what I'm talking about. Some people say, I, I don't mind the, much, the, the notch. Some people are like, I can't stand the notch. Uh, and, and some people are like, well, at least the iPhone SE has no notch. Uh, but I'm thinking in my head, but yeah, but it has this, the reason is because it's, it, it does have a notch. It's the whole forehead of the phone is a notch. <laughs> it's a much bigger notch. Different things bug different people about it, but so no notch on Apple's prototype at the moment. Now, you might be like, well, the Apple prototype right now, if that's where they're really at, which we don't know, but if that's where they're really at, their minds, why would they do that? Because maybe at the outside, it doesn't sound as good. Well, the thing is, um, the Samsung display, for instance, and I haven't gone hands-on with it, so please take my comments with a grain of salt there, but I almost said a grain of rice. Uh, Yeah, we're not trying to dry out a phone that got dunked. I don't know why I said that. But there were some hinge issues, though, with Samsung's design and it caused a lot of displays to fail uh, and to have issues and so I guess there could be a good reason a decent reason why Apple would kind of take that approach now without having seen it or experienced it or looked at it it's like well is that good or bad I don't know I, I do think I trust Apple though Apple a lot of the time is overly cautious uh, for for this kind of a thing so I would think they wouldn't roll something out that they didn't think was was really good. And also, I think that's uh, why you haven't seen them roll something out right away. They're not just reactionary. You know, somebody, two different companies come out with this folding phone option, and then Motorola comes out with their own different version that flips up instead of out uh, horizontally. Apple doesn't just react and say, okay, here's your, your folding iPhone. That's not what they do. And I appreciate that because I enjoy my iPhone right now, even though it doesn't flip or fold uh it's just a flat screen but it does everything that i need to and want it to right now and so you know um the the dude is saying that it doesn't look like it's two separate phones really when you look at it and again it's just a prototype and it looks fairly seamless uh let's see is that the exact word it's not a quote but but fairly seamless i think is the idea and, you know, Apple, I'm pretty sure they've got some patents for, like, rollable tech. Uh, and they have the patents for the for foldable tech. It's not like they just have nothing in the pipeline here. They, they absolutely do. They're thinking about it. And actually, um, one of the articles that I checked out, you know, pointed out that Apple does have some detailed uh, information about how devices, two devices, can work together um, when they're in very close proximity. So they're really putting a lot of time and effort into the future of iPhones. It's very easy to be like, well, this is the form factor of the iPhone now, and it's just going to be that way. Or the Apple phone. I don't know if you saw those rumors. I don't think I'm going to get into that today, but uh, it's been talked about that maybe at WWDC this year, Apple's going to rename the iPhone uh, operating system, I guess the phone, Apple phone. And, you know, because we have, yeah, anyways, I'm not going to get into it, but, and uh, anyways, it comes from Prosser. He um, has been fairly accurate recently, and I have told you guys that I wish there were less leaks 
I know that's that's the leaker's business model and and their whole thing. And I, I don't want to detract from what they're doing. But honestly, I wish there was less leaks because I would rather be surprised about stuff. And so, anyways, they he also included an interview that said uh, somewhere that Apple's actively trying to to find who's leaking to him and get that plugged up. So we'll see. So I'm going to sign off for now. Thank you uh, for hanging out. I didn't want to hit the WWDC stuff too much right now just because I want to save some energy for the actual event. And I don't want to go over every little thing and then go over every little thing again just right around the corner. So anyways, but stay tuned. Uh, The video is going to come out soon. It's probably going to be one of the first ones with the new camera setup. So that'll be fun to play around with. You guys can see. You know that it's coming. And yeah, don't forget, you know, check out Apple Hype. Uh, It's been very interesting of late and go ahead and sign up for that free trial if you want to just to see what it's like a lot of people have been giving me a lot of good feedback on it so do that i'm about to go send out the apple hype premium newsletter right now get it scheduled um so yeah by the time this comes out it'll be too late but you can sign up for next week and i hope you do i hope you give it a try all right thanks for hanging out i'll catch up with you guys next week later Welcome to the other party out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Since all 12 are giving you the heat The reviews from Chris you gotta see Daily Tech got the facts that you need And it's a whole crew you gotta meet After party it's the place you gotta be And you can't really beat it cause it's free Trying to give you unbiased critiques Quality you should take it from me Cause we care about our customers Pull up a seat, got a whole team Giving you the best and do it by any means Brand new Mac and know it's looking clean after party, live from the models. Wanna cop some, shouldn't be a doubt about it. Looking for great reviews, then you found it. Connecting with the fans, hope you get a lot out of it. Yeah. Welcome to the other party, out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party, out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah.